I invite you this morning to turn in the word of life to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Our text this morning is Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. And since this is God's word, let us all stand together as we hear it read in our midst. People of God, this is the word of our God. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Now they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples in a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he's calling for you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Let us pray for the illumination of the Spirit. Our covenant God and Father, we ask that you illumine us by your Spirit this morning through this proclamation of your word. For we are a people in need of a message that is not originated or fashioned by the imagination of man's heart, but a message from your own breath deposited to us in your word. Speak. Your servants are listening. In Christ's name, amen. Scaffolding is not a building. Scaffolding is not a building. We've all seen the construction of a large building that necessitated the use of scaffolding in its construction. But while that scaffolding may necessarily be used, it serves only a secondary purpose. It is, serves a temporary uh, purpose and a subordinate purpose to the building itself. And this is actually an appropriate illustration of the healing ministry or the miracle ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ while he was on earth. Our text this morning concerns a healing, Christ giving sight to a blind man. However, if we're to understand this narrative before us this morning correctly, we must understand the overall uh, healing ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. For Mark would actually have us come away from this text this morning, not with our eyes affixed to the scaffolding. He would have our eyes affixed to the building itself, which is the purpose of this text. Well, 
Why then Christ's healings? Well, certainly Christ's healings, uh, it certainly is a fulfillment of Scripture that had uh, prophesied that when the Messiah would come, that indeed he would restore sight to the blind men such as Bartimaeus. Certainly it also gives us a glimpse of heaven itself where there'll be no blindness. And it's still, we still read, keep returning to this question of why Christ's healings? What were the purpose that they served? Well, uh, central to the Gospels, especially Matthew, Mark, and Luke, is the subject of the kingdom of God. And in fact, the very first words that drip from Jesus' mouth in the book of Mark are these. The time is fulfilled, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So for Jesus, the kingdom of God was central, not ancillary, but central to his message. And that kingdom message concerned his identity, who he was, and his messianic mission, what he had come to do. But what was so peculiar about Jesus' kingdom ministry was the way in which he communicated it. Because Jesus communicated his kingdom message not only through his words, but also through his actions. And so uh, what's, uh, these healings and this miracle ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ actually supported the preaching ministry of Jesus Christ. In fact, it's very interesting in Mark chapter 1, Jesus had performed a healing on many people, the scripture says. And what's interesting is what he says immediately after those healings. He says this, let us go to the towns nearby that I may preach there. For that is the reason that I came. So you see, for Jesus, preaching was primary. And like scaffolding to a building, his healing ministry and his miracle ministry served this temporary and secondary purpose to his preaching ministry. In fact, it gives us pictures of how the kingdom of God operates. Therefore, his miracles could be called Miracle sermons. Miracle sermons. You see, brothers and sisters sitting before us this morning in Mark chapter 10, we have a miracle sermon. It indeed gives us an account of the restoration of physical sight that is intended to convey something about the resurrection or about the restoration of spiritual sight. If we see in this narrative just merely a miracle of Jesus Christ and healing a blind man, you've got your eyes affixed to the scaffolding and you're missing the whole point of this text. May God be merciful to us this morning and give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus sat by the road begging. Now, it's not surprising to find Bartimaeus here. In fact, Bartimaeus perhaps was lined up with a bunch of other beggars along the roadside. It was not uncommon for there to be beggars along the roadside on the outskirts of town. It's possible that Bartimaeus likely uh, frequented this location where he was begging. Who knows? He could have actually lived in this particular spot. But Bartimaeus was not any ordinary beggar. Because the scripture tells us that Bartimaeus was a blind 
You see, he had a special kind of desperation. He had a desperation of a double portion. Now, you and I might see someone along the roadside here in Clinton or in Baton Rouge that is begging, and it might not really catch our notice, would it? The same would be true if we saw someone who was blind along the roadside. It might not catch our glimpse. But if you and I saw someone who was both, a bl- both blind and a beggar, it just might catch our notice. And why is that? It's because of that. That person's state of desperation is beyond that which is common. It's beyond that which is ordinary. It's a person who has a, a state of desperation of a double portion. You think, think with me for just a moment. One may be blind and enjoy many luxuries in this life. One may be blind and uh, inherit the belongings of a loved one or family members. One may be blind and have family members to look after him day by day. A person may be blind and have absolutely no problem whatsoever receiving three square meals a day. But such was not the case for Bartimaeus. The opposite may be true. Someone might be a beggar and have many luxuries in this life. One may be a beggar and enjoy the the beauty of a majestic sunrise. Someone may be a beggar and uh, be able to enjoy the peacefulness of an orange sky as the sun goes down over the horizon. Someone may be a beggar and still be able to peer into the kind and gentle eyes of one of his donors. One of his donors. But such was not the case for Bartimaeus. Because see, Bartimaeus was both blind and he was a beggar. He was a man in utter desperation. One word captures Bartimaeus. It's the word without. The word without. He was without hope. He was without sight. He was without food. He was likely without friends. He was without hope, without help. He was in utter desperation. You say, well, that's Bartimaeus. No, brethren, listen. That's us. Remember, this is a miracle sermon intended to tell us how the kingdom of God operates. Bartimaeus demonstrates for us the condition of all of those that Christ has come to save. All of those who are objects of his love. He demonstrates all of those who are the subjects of the kingdom of God. In fact, that's the whole subject of this text. Who are the subjects of God's kingdom? Well, consider this contrast. There's an episode just prior to this one in the book of Mark. It's a narrative that all of you and I are most familiar with, and that's the episode of the rich young ruler. And if you recall, Jesus said of this rich young ruler, he said how hard it is for such to enter the kingdom of God. And his disciples responded to Jesus, and they said, well, well, well they, they were utterly amazed, the scripture said. They said, well, then, Master, who then can be saved? And Jesus responded, with men it's impossible. And Jesus concludes by saying, many who are first will be last. And the last first. You see, Bartimaeus contrasts the rich young ruler 
impossible? Uh, uh, last among men, rejected by men, someone who's poor and without? That's Bartimaeus. And Jesus is drawing a contrast here between the rich young ruler and this poor blind beggar Bartimaeus. And you know what? The disciples soon after that had the audacity to start arguing with each other about who's going to be first in the kingdom of God, who's going to sit next to Jesus. And you know what? Jesus gives them their answer, and he gives them their answer in Bartimaeus. He is a physical illustration of who is indeed the least among men, but the greatest in the kingdom of God. See, these are the subjects of God's kingdom, those who are spiritually without, those who are spiritually blind, those who are spiritually beggars, those are the subjects of God's kingdom. Those who are spiritually in utter desperation. Well, what's ultimately being communicated here? What's ultimately being communicated is that true saving faith is born of need. It's born of need. A true confession of Jesus Christ is born of need. You see, a man doesn't desire to be healed unless he knows himself to be lame. A man doesn't desire to hear unless he knows himself to be deaf. And a man doesn't desire to see unless he knows himself to be blind. Thankfully, this narrative continues beyond this Bartimaeus being a blind beggar. Look how this narrative proceeds in verse 47. It says, And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now given Bartimaeus' case, he was privy to many conversations along the roadside. Yeah, he uh, certainly had, 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 had probably had hundreds of people on a daily basis passing. It's very possible hundreds. Surely he had heard about this Jesus. He had heard about this one who had restored sight to people who were blind like himself. Surely he had heard about this, this Jesus as being the promised one that the people of God had long awaited well, who is this son of David that Bartimaeus is crying out to? Brethren, son of David is Christ's messianic title. This is his messianic title. So Bartimaeus is not calling out with the crowd, Jesus of Nazareth. Bartimaeus is not calling out with the crowd, Jesus the Nazarene. No Bartimaeus in his blind beggary cries out, none other than Jesus, son of David, Messiah, have mercy on me. This is a true confession of Jesus Christ by a man who needs him. And notice the response of the people. As the scripture says, they sternly warned him to be quiet. They rebuked him. They rebuked him as someone that Jesus would have absolutely no interest in. 
They rebuked him as one who was a nuisance to society. They rebuked him as one who was too low for Jesus. Hush you, old man. What would Jesus have to do with someone like you? But Bartimaeus held to his conviction. And the scripture says, he cried out then all the more, Jesus, son of David, Messiah, have mercy on me. And what was Jesus' response? Look at the first four words of verse 49. So Jesus stood still. Now need I remind us that this is the Lord of glory through whom the heavens and the earth were created. And here is Jesus. You can picture the scene. He's got all these people around him, crowded around him, calling out to him, Jesus of Nazareth. They're talking to him and touching him and listening to him. And here's this, here's this man along the roadside crying out, Jesus, son of David. And the scripture says that Jesus stopped in his tracks. He stood still. Well, what is, what is he communicating here to us? What, to what is Jesus giving his attention? He's giving his attention to a man who needs him. A, a man who's crying out with a true confession of Christ as a man who needs him. And you see, Bartimaeus wasn't crying out to just any man. Bartimaeus wasn't crying out to just any Jesus. He did not need a Jesus who could give him some therapeutic advice. He didn't need a Jesus who could come over and shine his begging pan and comb his hair so that he looked a little bit more presentable than the other beggars along the roadside. Bartimaeus didn't need a Jesus to come and to groom him and to help him, off, to help him turn over a new leaf. He didn't need a Jesus, unfortunately, that many people are looking for today. Bartimaeus, in his conviction, needed the Messiah, the son of David, and him alone. No one else would do. Now let me ask you this. Why is it that the people did not see him as the son of David? The answer is very simple, but it's very profound. The people did not see Jesus as the son of David. Because they were not blind. They were not blind. They could see just fine. You want to know what's worse than blindness? What's worse than blindness is someone who's blind that thinks that they see. That's worse than Brothers and sisters, at this point in this narrative, you and I are absolutely steeped in irony. Steeped in it. Because watch it. This is not a narrative about a man named Bartimaeus who's blind and a crowd who sees. This is a narrative about a man named Bartimaeus who sees and a crowd who's left blind.
This is not a narrative about a man named Bartimaeus who's robed in the rags of a beggar while the people or the crowd is left wearing clothing of the finest linen. Is that worn by the rich young ruler? No, brethren. This is a narrative about a man named Bartimaeus who is the richest. He's as rich as the richest man alive. And the crowd is left wearing the rags of a poor beggar. How is this so? Bartimaeus sees Jesus with eyes of faith. Eyes of faith. He sees Jesus with spiritual sight. Parenthetically, how is it that Bartimaeus knew that Jesus was the son of David? Well, one thing you and I can safely conclude is that Bartimaeus did not come to such knowledge by seeing him. Bartimaeus came to such knowledge by hearing about him. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And look at verse 49. It says, so so Jesus stood still. And commanded him to be called. And they called to the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he's calling for you. And throwing aside his cloak or his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. There's a hundred sermons in that phrase right there. He jumped up and he came to Jesus. I ask you this morning, who has Jesus come to call? Brothers and sisters, he's come to call sinners. Earlier in Mark chapter 2, we read these words. Listen very carefully. It says, when the scribes and the Pharisees saw that Jesus was eating with the sinners and the tax collectors, they said to his disciples, why is he eating and drinking with the tax collectors and sinners? And hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. I did not Come to call the righteous. I came to call sinners. I came to call sinners. Do you see the point of this miracle sermon? Sinners need a savior, not a therapist. A a, a righteous man doesn't need a savior because he has all that he needs. And it's for this reason that not many verses ago... It was said of the rich young ruler that he went away grieved. But in our text concerning Bartimaeus, it says that he jumped up and came to Jesus. Do you see the contrast? The rich young ruler had somewhere else to go because he was a man who owned much, the scripture says. Bartimaeus had nowhere else to go. All he knew is he knew his condition and he knew that the Lord Jesus Christ was the only one who could meet his need. Look at verse 51. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said, Go, your faith has made you well. Here we find Jesus, not just an able Savior, he's a willing Savior. Did you know that? He not only has the ability to save you to the uttermost, he's a willing savior. Jesus Christ does not rebuke you from coming to him. Do you know that this morning? 
He does not rebuke you. In fact, nothing prevents you from coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it does say coming unto him. Don't go to anyone else or anywhere else. Jesus doesn't call you to anyone but himself. He says, call him here to me. And me alone. He calls you to himself, brethren. And what is Bartimaeus' response to all of this? Look at verse 52. Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made your well. And immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus on the road. You see, that reflects the, that, that reflects the response of all of those with a true saving confession of the Lord Jesus Christ. They are those with a singular focus. Here's Bartimaeus who now sees and he doesn't desire to go and see the rolling hills of the mountains. This is a man that has just received his sight and he has no desire to see the, the roaring ocean waves. This is a man who has no other desire than to see Jesus Christ and to follow him and to follow hard after him. It says that he followed him on the road. What road was that? Chapter 11, verse 1 tells you what road that was. It's a road to Jerusalem where Jesus would go and be crucified for this man, Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus would follow Christ all of the days of his life. And he would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Such is the narrative of everyone who are the subjects of the kingdom of God. Brothers and sisters, we live in a day where we're told that our soul only needs therapy. It only needs fixing. It only needs a new leaf turned over. How does, the, how does the phrase go? Uh, God helps those who help themselves. If you can help yourself, quite frankly, you don't need God. Because you see, in this miracle sermon, we're told not about a man that just needs fixing up. We're told about a man who is in utter, utter, utter He only knew two things. He knew his need, and he knew the only one who could meet that need. Now, my dear brethren, you may have walked through those doors this morning struggling with sin, and I mean really struggling with sin. You may have walked through those doors under a great burden of your sin. Perhaps decisions you made long ago you're experiencing the consequences of even now. Perhaps your soul is weighed down and weighed down heavy. On the authority of God's word, hear the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior, calling unto you, take courage, stand up. I'm calling for you. I'm calling for you. For such is the kingdom of God. You are the object of his love. You are the very subjects of his kingdom. You may have come into this, 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 this room this morning. Your countenance held low. Because of the burdens of living 
in this broken world with the corruption of sin so very evident in your own heart? I encourage you, I implore you, even this afternoon, go into your closet of prayer, my dear sinner, my dear fellow sinner, and recall the gracious words dripping from the master's mouth. Dear sinner, what would you have me do for you? What would you have me do for you? Lift up your countenance this morning. You are the subject of the kingdom. And he calls you, look to the Messiah. Look to the Messiah who is found spotless and blameless. Something that cannot be said of you and me. Look to the crucified Messiah that spread his arms wide and he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So that you and I would never have to ask that question. He would never leave you. Never forsake you. Look to the risen Christ who is now seated at the right hand of God the Father, ever interceding for you, even this moment. Ever interceding for you. Yes, indeed, this morning, I implore you not to look at the scaffolding. If you just see this as a nice story of Christ healing a blind man, your eyes are looking at the scaffolding if you've missed the building. This is a miracle sermon concerning eyes of faith that looks to the Messiah and him alone. And it's for of such faith that the Lord speaks when he responds to the now seeing Bartimaeus and he looks at him with eyes of kindness and he says, thy faith has made thee well. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. Praise be to God. Let us pray. Our glorious God and Father, we know that we have eyes to see because you have given them to us. We know that we're numbered among the redeemed because you've numbered us there. We know, Father, like blind Bartimaeus, our brother, we know, Father, that we see Jesus as the Son of David, the Messiah, the Savior of sinners, who not only has borne the weight of, your, of our sin, the weight of your wrath, but has lived a life of perfection that we could never leave, never lead. That he truly followed in the ways of righteousness, unlike us. And he took upon himself sin, not his own, that we might have a righteousness that's not our own. We pray all of this through him who loved us and gave himself for us.